Coming to you live on a Tuesday night. This is the All That Jazz podcast. We're here with smiles on our faces, despite the Jazz's recent lackluster performance, to say the least. I am your host, Zach Hazeldine. We should get through the formalities. It's me, Ben Jones. There's not so much jazz going on within the jazz. Yeah, it, I feel like this is where like that sad trumpet music would come in. <laughs> like when you introduce the show and yeah, everything like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's really just a sad time. But we're going to start on a positive note. Um, something remarkable happened last week. And it's something that I would say us podcasters aspire to or try to aspire to. We're influencing the masses. Wow, already. Ben, do you have any idea what I'm about to read right now? No. This is one positive review. Oh. A dear friend of the show, a dear friend of mine, someone that's uh, that, that I've grown up with, uh, been a friend of mine since elementary school, is not, surprisingly, a Utah Jazz fan. He was that one kid that grew up loving the Lakers, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, all the jazz killers. Um, and, and for good reason, he said, you know, the Jazz, they just don't win. They suck. So he liked other teams. Um, and truth be told, basketball, at least the NBA, was never his thing. Mm. Um, we started this podcast, and word got spread around um, throughout you know, various channels. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Um, Spotify, sp- YouTube. Spotify, YouTube. Shout, uh, shout out to the sp- listeners on Spreaker. Spreaker, I haven't Whatever heard of that, that one, or Pocket Casts. Pocket Casts. Um, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. He found us, though. He connected with me, and he said the following. Are you ready for this? I am. Hold on to your I hats. Am. No hat on, but... All that jazz has gotten me interested in the Utah Jazz, and I'm going to be watching some of the game tonight. Whoa. The first one of the season. I want to see what everybody is apparently so riled up about. Ben? Is there a greater compliment than being told that we have flipped a former Laker, a former Bulls, a Jazz hater, because they stink, into watching the Utah Jazz, albeit for the reasons of seeing why everybody's riled up? Is that not the most incredible news that you've ever heard? I mean, from the description, it sounds like he's a bandwagon. But not necessarily a bandwagon. I would say a disinterested. I really don't care. They suck and whatever. All right, all right. We apologize. We. I, this is. Yeah, yeah. you kind of started watching it the worst time of the year. Um, <laughs> and for that, we're sorry. Yes. We hope to keep you interested through the show. Um, but most importantly, we hope the Jazz keep you interested. We're sorry. Um, my friend did say after exchanging a few other texts, he did say, "Well, have you seen those stats? It seems like." Every season, the Jazz start off slow, but tend to pick it up around the All-Star break. Yeah. Which I think is hope for all of you Jazz fans out there. All of the faithful, wherever Mm -hmm. you may be, even the people that aren't so close to this situation, um, have seen and know that we're second second half of the season kind of team. Yeah, Yeah. we're post-All-Star break. You know, I feel like the year in 2020 in December, I'm going to be feeling this same way. I'm going to be like, oh, we'll fill it at all times and yeah. pretty much throughout. It, it's in our DNA. Yeah, we'll be having the excitement of the new season. At least it is right now. We'll get the disappointment. We'll get back to being humble, and then we'll start start playing well again. So that's what's going to happen. So that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, cutting right to the chase. It's been a busy week. Um, we last recorded a week ago yeah, today. A lot of stuff has happened. Um, a lot. Going over the last few games, we had a loss on Wednesday night. When did we play? Wednesday, Saturday, and Monday. So we played three games. Mm-hmm. The, it was the Lakers game, then the Grizzlies. Um, that And uh, I'm trying to... and then last night's debacle against the... Uh, the Oklahoma City the Thunder. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, mm. I don't even really know where to jump into this. Other than jazz fans, we feel your pain uh, because we also are jazz fans. We're pissed off and frustrated. Um, I think that's the way we probably should feel. Um, that Lakers loss, unfortunately, the highlight was our very own Craig Bullerjack getting put on blast by one LeBron James Ugh. for taking his shoes off and running on the floor. How dare he? Can I just? How dare he? Oh my gosh! 
I I like LeBron. I like who LeBron is, whatever. I've always kind of been a stand for a LeBron stand for some reasons because I had a great moment like one of the first basketball plays he made a buzzer be- beater. I was in like second grade and I've been a LeBron fan since. But let me just read this uh Instagram post. <clears throat> Please this, don't read the whole thing because we don't have all night. Yeah, we don't have all night. Let me just read the douchiest part, okay? Imagine doing your job at the highest level to where you're not needed anymore. Giving your shoes to a little girl and boy who you inspire and hoped you made proud that night. Then cheering on your teammates because you love seeing them succeed more than yourself. Only to be criticized while doing it. I won't read the rest, but let me just tell you. LeBron James, you are a douchebag. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. Oh the only man. thing I'll add with that, I have two things. First of all, growing up a basketball fan, a jazz fan in the 90s, I think that MJ is better. So we've let that world on fire now. Your friends are, you know, we've probably lost listeners. I, it, it's interesting to see how people tend to forget about the past and they only focus on what's currently happening. Like in 20 mm-hmm. years, everyone's no one's going to know who LeBron James is. It's kind of like how what? Kareem really doesn't. People, people will, but there will be like some other guy. You know what I mean? They'll well, be like, yeah. clearly, he's the best player that's ever lived. Unless like, the world ends. Come on, like, unless you know, global warming kills us all. I but. feel like our generation and like the the kids of today have no idea who Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is, unless you're a real basketball guy. Yeah. And no one talks about him being great because he was kind of the generation before MJ. Mm-hmm. MJ's kind of washing out. It's going to get fired back up again when they have yeah. that. Um, ESPN yeah. series that gets launched next year, then everyone will be like, "Well, I've always thought LeBron was or MJ was." The yeah, best. it's true. It's but totally here's the, gonna here, happen. So that's that's point one. <laughs> point number two, I don't really understand why LeBron is still trying to win fandom. I I don't get what he has to prove. Like, I, I, why don't. does everyone have to like you? I don't know. He I, he is so scared of being. Maybe it's just like PTSD from going to Miami. And not understanding what that would do to his legacy and his name. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was, I, I mean, it's the same thing Kevin Durant goes through for joining the Warriors. But, and here's the other thing. Like, you, you constantly beat up on our team. Why would we like you? We don't need to like you. Yeah. I, I, way to go for giving your shoes to kids. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't have to do that. We don't, why do you have to go out and bash people because they don't like you? Yeah, it's the whole. Why thing. do you have to call attention to all the good you do? Yeah, it, just do it. Yeah, it, it, it's the athlete thing in 2019 where they just cannot take any criticism at all. Well, and LeBron especially. Yeah. I mean, I get that he's got the world on his shoulders because, admittedly, he is the best basketball player playing right now. Yeah, um, and, and I don't even think it's controversial to say that. I mean, I, everyone talks about Steph. Everyone talks about KD. So on, Kawhi, so on and so forth. If you're yeah, to Giannis take a, is making a case, but Giannis is another playoff, one. And playoffs I mean, are a different game. A lot of people even are loving Luca right now. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of undeniable that there's one guy you don't want to play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's probably LeBron James. Yeah, 100. percent I just don't understand why he has to. Yeah, he's probably he's just not a normal person. Now, no, I mean, not he's, at all. he's just grown up in the, in the Anyways, that's yeah. that's really not that's, the point that's of the show. LeBron thing. Whatever. LeBron, well, LeBron is moment show. is ever is over. The yeah. other highlight from that game to get into was the altercation on the sideline between one Donovan Mitchell and the Croatian killer. Shout out to all our Croatian listeners out there. We found out over this last week, that we actually have a small Croatian following. Yeah, shout out to you We guys. love you, Croatia. We love you, listeners. Mm-hmm. Also in the UK, all our British people, thank you for listening. We hope you're jazz fans. Uh, yes. Um, anyways, they got into a little bit of a debacle. Um, yeah. Utah's very own two most beloved people, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I really don't think that's a headline. It's not. It really <laughs> isn't. Um I actually hope there would be more of that kind of stuff going on. I think pe- we, yeah. I think we need to get it out. I don't want to be the guy that's like, "Hey, if you play basketball, you'd know." But it's kind of like when you're on a team with someone. There's times you guys, you, it, it might get a little chippy, you know. Well, and, and I think it kind of highlights a further point that the Jazz, they have not, they they have not 
meshed as a unit yet. Oh, yeah. And what I mean by that is that might be very, very obvious, but what I mean by mm-hmm. that is we still have an issue with shot distribution and mm-hmm. who gets what shots. It's a problem. And who should be passing versus shooting and when. And yeah. that's a very dangerous game to play because yeah. it, then it gets into guys' heads and you start thinking about the offense and am I going to hurt so-and-so's feelings if I yeah. shoot the ball. and. You, you got to be free. You got to be playing free. I also feel like we're kind of afraid to make mistakes. You know, we, we'll turn the ball over and then we'll kind of be timid to pass again. Or like Donovan will turn the ball over and he'll just go to the rim instead of moving the ball. That kind of thing. Well, and I think one thing that we're seeing too is Donovan is facing, and it's been evident in every game we've lost. He can't play the same way that he played the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. We, we need a different, a, a, a more matured, the next level of Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And I think this is a good thing because I think we're learning, I don't want to say how not to win, but we're learning that what we're doing now equals losing <laughs> in a dramatic way. Yeah. We are learning the exact opposite of what winning is. Mm-hmm. And we got to start from the bottom. we got we got to yeah. work it up. Well, for me particularly, the, the Lakers and the Thunder game, both of them were at home. We had a day's rest. The interesting thing about those, both the Thunder and the Lakers, was it was the second night of a back-to-back. So mm-hmm. that makes it ten times worse that they're exhausted and we had rest. And, and we're we, playing superstars that are past their prime. They're old. Chris Paul kills us every time, I feel Chris like. Paul, he, he's working his way up the yeah. jazz killer list. I, I saw some people that were, you know, kind of wishing we went for Chris Paul. And I saw that. On, oh, I on think Twitter. we should spend a minute to talk about that. Yeah. Because I saw a news post by the sometimes reputable reputation approved. I, I don't know what they yeah. are. It's called Clutch Points. Oh, yeah. It's a news source. Ugh. Ugh. The, the, the title of the article was Should the Jazz Have Traded yeah. for Chris Paul? And here is my reaction to that. Why does it matter? Yeah, <laughs> it didn't happen. Like, what's uh, like? I guess we can sit there and talk about wishful thinking, um, it, but we're past that point, so mm-hmm. I don't really see the point in like if we could go back in time. Even though we can't, would we should have gone? Should we got it from Brogdon? Should we have gone for Chris yeah. Paul? And the simple truth is, I don't know. I don't know if we have the team that we have right now. What I mean by that is we if we go over Chris Paul, I don't think we signed Bogey. No way. Ever people hate Chris Paul. Like players hate Chris Paul. I'd have loved Chris Paul on our team if he could have been healthy. Yeah. And been healthy for the long haul. But we all know that he's due for an injury here. Well also he's playing on a sinking ship. Yeah. We're about to see Chris Paul take the month of December and January off with a hamstring issue or a groin issue or a calf tightness and then he won't play for three months and then come back in march and then maybe he'll be traded at that point well well the jazz did want to bring in a uh, a good kind of veteran figure for donovan and that guy mike conley's the ep- epitome of that he might not be producing right now he's still been okay i think he just needs to finish better but uh Mike Conley is like, he wanted to play in Memphis his whole career, and I think the Jazz just want him to get in Donovan's ear, you know, because the way stars are now, demanding trades and not being happy and, and that kind of thing, I think the Jazz just want someone in Donovan's ear to preach loyalty, and that's kind of Mike Conley. I don't know if Chris Paul really preaches loyalty, if I'm being, you know, honest. Well, clearly not. Um, I also think Conley does have something to bring to the table as far as play. Yeah, oh, definitely. And style of play. Yeah, he'll which, figure it out. He's going to figure it out. Well, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to draw an analogy here. And this Ooh. is something I'm seeing. We haven't really talked about the Memphis game, but we'll use that to contrast, you know, the two mm-hmm. losses to the one win that we had probably in a minute. So we won't dive too much into that. There has been maybe one or two instances in the history of the world where <laughs> they have a leader and in this analogy, that leader will be Donovan Mitchell. They bring in another leader, and that other leader will be Mike Conley, and they somehow find a way to make it work. And one of those instances that I'm going to reference is The Office. Woo! To quote Oscar, what kind of government or country works better when there's two leaders? <laughs> <laughs> but somehow, oh, Dunder Mifflin found a way to make Mike, who was handling 
long-term, and Jim, who was handling day-to-day, an effective team. They became a unit, and Dunder Mifflin soared. All right. Until that's where the show is gone. Sheesh. Uh. (laughs) My point point of all this is this. I I think that Mike Conley is in uncharted territory in that he's playing on somebody else's team for the first time. Yeah, and he's the playing team off is Donovan's. Ball. He's playing off ball. I think he's trying to figure out, amongst running the offense, amongst playing with Rudy Gobert, amongst facing different defenses, I think he is learning how to be a leader without the reins directly in his hands, Yeah, which is a very challenging thing to do. Mm-hmm. I apologize for the, the office reference. That didn't quite hit. I don't think amongst uh, no, the people, it. <laughs> but it's it's a funny thing if you yeah. if you've ever seen that. But but the point. But I think the point's pretty clear. And I read something the other day, and it might have been I think it was Tony Jones' article from the Athletic that kind of referenced that same thing, where mm-hmm. he kind of said Conley is still trying to figure out how yeah. to be a floor general, how to be a leader when you know the point guard is kind of just kicking the ball at the Donovan and then. Yeah. Or well, Bojan, and then it goes. We've you know said I mean? it, you know, before. Like, it, it clearly looks like he's overthinking it. Like, he, he doesn't know when to attack the basket or when to when to distribute. He's still figuring it out. It, it's I, That's what I see when I watch him play, that this isn't um, – it's not a talent thing with him. It's, it's a feel. There's that, like, weird feel thing going on with him. Well, and then also there's the whole he needs to react without thinking. Yeah. To yeah. Ben's excellent point made two weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that'll come. Like yeah. you know, so it's it's funny because I think Moutier needs to think a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so if we balance the two, yeah. we get a little bit less Conley and a little bit more thinking from Moutier. Yeah, maybe maybe the middle and something happens. Yeah. I, I don't know, yeah. but I I think that's kind of that's an interesting point. And when Conley returns, something I I am really looking forward to seeing how that works, how the locker room dynamic dynamic works, how I I don't know. Just mm-hmm. I think there's there's an opportunity there it, and a mm-hmm. key element to this team hitting its ceiling that needs to be hit is. Yeah. Conley taking a leadership role yeah that makes sense and he just needs to play better i i think um here i'll look it up uh but there's something with Conley where he just needs to play better um kurt goldsberry a numbers guy he was it was Conley's paint field goal percentage last year it was 51 percent at the rim this year it's 37 percent that's only a 13 point that's that's percentage huge. point decreased <laughs> only, <laughs> but I, I, the point is he just needs to go to the rim and finish. Like it is whatever's going on with him, like just play better with that kind of thing, you know. But thirty seven percent at the rim or in the paint, like, that's rough. There's no two ways to cut it. That, it's rough. The ball uh, needs to start falling for him, but yeah. I think it will. Yeah, definitely. So, Last thoughts that I kind of have from the two losses, and this will kind of transition into the yeah. Memphis game a bit. Um, a lot of Jazz fans, I mean, the, the 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 thing that's being posted everywhere right now is the the whole when is it time to start to worry? Take. Listen, the time to worry is now. I think so. I I, I think that's kind of a weird question, just because. Let, f- we always hit. We always hit April, and we're like, "Man, what losses did we have that we yeah. wish we could take back?" Because there's only one game difference between us and Portland on who gets home court advantage, or who you know, whatever it is, yeah. the fourth seed and the fifth seed. Or it's happened to us the last couple of years, um, and then you always point back to a loss against the Kings, mm-hmm. <laughs> also, Oklahoma City. You know, stop asking whether you need to be worried, like. If you're worried, the Jazz are worried. Be worried. Yeah. I, I can. I bet the front office is worried. I bet Quinn's worried. Like you don't have to ask. Hey, do I have to be concerned? Like you can be, but I honestly like it. Probably will be for nothing because we're gonna end up the season the way we always have. We'll have a second half stretch where we start playing the best basketball ever and talk myself into a championship a year, you know, another year, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's how you know, it goes every year. Yeah, right. And, and, and then the next point with that is, you know, and I get alerts from CBS Sports and 
boy. All this other stuff. NBC, um, that's another popular one. What's going on with the Utah Jazz? What's wrong with them? Yeah. You know? My perception of what's going wrong. Yeah, what do you think is? And we saw that this is why I wanted to save the Memphis game. Mm-hmm. What we saw in the Memphis game was a team that finally decided to defend. Yeah. Um, I think this it kind of got away. We were killing them. It, the game wasn't as close yeah. as the score said. and We kind of just played a little bit more conservative the last yeah. five minutes. But the second and third quarters, we just completely annihilated them mm-hmm. on defense. We wiped them off the floor defensively. And I saw communication. Mm-hmm. I think we didn't see – we don't see that in losses. And the other thing that's kind of another popular call-out – is, um, you know, Ben had a great point. We were texting after the Memphis game, and he said, everyone's going to be talking about shot distribution and shot selection. Yeah. Um, and he said, you know, that's the most popular take is, oh, we chose to take so much better shots. Yeah. And, which is, I mean, which is true. It improves a little bit. But what led to that? Exactly. The ball movement. Ball movement. Yeah. And the number that we hit on that was a season high in assists. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you look at the two games, you know, the, the Memphis game, the Lakers game, and the the um, Thunder game, the, the, the two times we lost, it felt like we got a little bit behind. Yeah. And instead of sticking to our guns and running the offense – we started playing panic, give the ball to Donovan, who's going to go one-on-one, yeah. or Bojan, who's going to go one-on-one. Moutier did that a lot, too. Moutier, Moutier did that. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everybody did that. Mm-hmm. And it, it was such a different feel yeah. between Memphis and the Thunder. And yeah. we kind of looked at that as us going on a roll, an opportunity to go on the roll, and then we reverted back to the complete opposite way yeah. of how we well, won. That ISO ball—that's not a Quinn—that's not Quinn Snyder basketball. That just isn't. Like, I—I I was thinking about this this past week. Like, you, hey, you look at the Rockets. They play isolation ball, but they also have James Harden. Like, mm-hmm. like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Giannis. Those guys are so good that the defense pays so much attention to them that other guys are going to be open. The Jazz mm-hmm. don't really have a guy like that. You know, well, and we turn into a run one trick pony on offense. Rudy comes, sets a screen. Mm-hmm. They pack the paint. They, they, Tony Jones referenced that too. They're yeah. dropping the four. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever's on the they play a drop four D. Yeah, and uh, suddenly the paint's packed, and Donovan's forcing up these mid range jumpers. Yeah. you know, and he, he's stopping and trying to pop, and, and we've almost fallen in love with that. Yeah, you know, and we kind of were talking a couple weeks ago when we were winning. Do you remember when we were winning? Jazz winning? What? No, no way. That feels, I, <laughs> feels if foreign. If you go back feels like in forever time ago. to like November, yeah. we actually, I think, strung three in a row. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is wild. wild. And we were making fun of David Locke's podcast because he was ripping us for taking too many mid-range shots. But we were winning. <laughs> but we were winning, so it didn't matter. Yeah. And now you look at it, and I don't want to flip-flop my stance, but touche, point taken. Yeah. Donovan, in that Memphis game, he had a couple plays where – and Moutier did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one play where Moutier brought the ball down. And instead of you – know, he, like, crosses a guy up, drives to the hole, the guy kind of recovers. And instead of pivoting out and taking a fadeaway mid-range shot in the key, he stopped. That thinking level went up that we just referenced. Think more, Moutier, And he did please. something wild. He passed the ball to yeah. a wide open Joe Ingles who drained the three. I don't think, and Moody, I was like, yeah. "That is Quinn Snyder basketball." I don't think Moody is a bad passer. It's just I don't think he like recognizes when he should pass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, I, I, I don't think so. I think he's always in attack mode. Yeah, exactly. It's always, and and that's not like a diss to him. I think sometimes we need that. Yeah, it's a it's a but change of gear kind of. A he's thing. also kind of careless of about stuff where like that's the, his turnover problem. And well, and if he doesn't get problem. to the hole clean, yeah, forget it. I mean, it's yeah. going out of bounds. It's going to be a missed shot. It's, yeah. it might as well be a turnover at that point. Yeah, uh, but I guess my point is with the superstar thing is that superstars create open shots for others. Mm-hmm. When you don't have a sh- superstar. Creating open shots comes through ball movement, mm-hmm. right? So the Jazz don't really have an offensive superstar, but you know what we've always had is ball movement. Now we kind of have some more offense talent, but we don't have the ball movement, you know. Well, and I think even further, and I don't want to get too nitpicky, but ball movement that moves the defense 
But yeah, what we we need a, an over rotating defense, like a defense that over rotates, and it leaves that corner three open. Mm-hmm. We saw that so many times last year. We just didn't have guys to make it. Yeah. Now we have the guys to make it, but we can't get the ball movement. Yeah. And I just think it's a. I mean, we started the game off hot yeah. where that was happening. Where Ingles was dishing. I mean, we saw it in the Memphis game. Ingles has played a little bit better. You know, 14 points, 10 assists. That, that's the kind of night that we need from Joe. Mm-hmm. But have mercy. When it's not good, it's really ugly. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do think, like, with with Joe especially, that when he's moving the ball, he's just going to be more confident in playing better, you know, on pick and rolls and stuff like that. But also, like, I think I saw a play, and it was Donovan had the ball, Boyan screened for him. And then Rudy screened for Boyan, and Boyan faded to the top of the key, and he was wide open for a three. I feel like I haven't seen stuff like that. Because I feel like we needed more... Schemed up, like, yeah. specific that play call. Yeah, stu- yeah, something like that. Just, like, let's get some guaranteed, like, movement. Because when if we're just going to play hero ball, we're, we're just not going to win. We're not going to go far. No, well, and that, that's what I meant when I said we know how to lose now. Yeah. The, the recipe for losing is Donovan and Bojan both chucking 24 shots yeah. up and going 7 of 24 or and whatever I, and it is. This isn't, I don't think this is anyone like being selfish. I think this is just how they were accustomed to playing the game. You know, like Boyan had to play hero ball with the Pacers last year. Donovan has been playing hero ball with us, you know. That kind of thing. Well, it's an adjustment. It, well, in that Memphis game, we saw a much more efficient Donovan and a much more efficient Bojan. Yeah. I know Bojan didn't shoot the ball well. He was like yeah. 2 of 6 from 3 that night. But Donovan went like 9 of 15, mm-hmm. which is, you know, That's what I, we I, yeah, I mean, not to be, you know, analytic Sam, mm-hmm. but 9 of 15 is what we need from Donovan, yeah. not 9 of 27. You know, and that, that's kind of like yeah. what happens in some of these nights where he goes out and. You know, I, I I really believe in Donovan Mitchell. I believe I, in his yeah. character. Mm-hmm. I believe in his commitment to the team and to winning and his competitiveness. I yeah. believe in all those things, and I think he's the real deal. But I do think he needs to learn a little bit more. I just like I think he needs to. I that and that's what I mean. Like the next level for him is being able to completely take over a game outside of just scoring the ball because he can yeah. clearly do that. He can clearly get his shots up. Mm-hmm. But can you affect the game in that LeBron James way, where yeah. or James Harden way, or well, yeah, James Harden? I don't really view much as an assist guy, even though he gets like thirty triple doubles. Well, year, my point is, he's going to bring attention to the defense. Like, you just make the right play, you know. And that's yeah. like, I think that's LeBron's like biggest thing. But there's 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 basketball players out there that are extremely efficient and extremely good at what they do because they just make the right play mm-hmm. you know and that's maybe I, I don't know maybe that's just basic observation or thought from yeah. a, the common folk of jazz fans but I, I feel like that's we're that's not what's happening when I we th- lose I think Donovan needs to play better he I don't think he's gotten enough like uh what's the word I'm trying to think. Well, he hasn't been blamed enough for kind of what's been going on, because I think he needs to play a little bit better. Well, that's because people only look, they pull up their ESPN app, and then they open up the box score, and they see that he scored 26 points. But on 20, like, three shots, you know? like and Or more. More, like, more times than not more. I'm just, like, my point is, Donovan does need to play better, because if he's playing this way, like, we're not going to be happy at the end of the season. And no. I think he starts slow every season, too. Like, I think that's what he's been doing. If you remember his rookie season, those first, like, five or ten games, it's like we were like, who is, like, this guy kind of sucks, you know. But, like, he, he clicked into it, right? Um, I guess my point is we're always a second-half team, but uh, you're only as good as your superstars when it all comes down to it or your stars in the NBA at some point. And uh, right now, Donovan isn't great. That's my point. That's all. And point well taken. He, and yeah. I think we would be foolish to think that he has been great. And I, and Still and love he, him. Still hope he pans out. I think he will. He, I think they're yeah. going to figure this out. But yeah. have mercy. So go, go 9 of 15, not yeah. 9 of 20. On a scale of 1 to 10, how panicked are you? I wouldn't say I'm even registering on the panic scale. Whoa. What? 
I'm on a different scale called the I'm frustrated and I want to bash my face against the wall <laughs> scale. <laughs> um, and what I mean by that is I have full confidence and faith that we're going to figure it out. Well, I, I have. If I were to put yeah. on my coach's cap, and this is why I think we can figure it out, I think everything that we are seeing that's wrong is fixable. And the mm-hmm. times that we've had success, we can replicate. Yeah. And I, I mean that. Um, to all you people out there worried that are worried about panic and, you know, where you're at, I'm a zero panic. And the reason why is because I still believe in Dennis Lindsay and Quinn Snyder. Yeah. And if I'm putting on my cap and Quinn is dealing with a wide range of questions from the media every loss right now, um, and his answers kind of stay consistent, I and I agree with him. When I see this stuff... I think if I put on my Quinn Snyder cap, we have got to defend. Definitely. We're, yeah. We have got to start moving the defense by passing the ball. We've got to. Yeah. And even guys being active when they don't have the ball. I yeah. mean, I, I see a lot of standing around. I see a lot of just kind of like, okay, so we know that Rudy's going to set a screen and Donovan's going to the basket. There's a lot and of he's going to run laziness. into two or three defenders and then try to – force up a shot or a weird mm-hmm. pass that results to the defense recovering and 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 those are the keys that if I'm putting on my Quinn Snyder cap I'm telling my team right now look the offense is a disaster we know this mm-hmm. the other team is not scoring more than 95 points tonight <laughs> I don't care yeah. how much we lose by we're going to start losing games 95 to 72 yeah well and there's so not 120 whatever to 100 yeah and you know what I mean there's so many defensive mistakes that you don't usually see yeah oh my god like guys falling asleep getting the back cuts like alley-oop dunks because alley-oop of back dunks. cuts i mean yeah well like especially niang and i've seen Boyan with this where it's like they they just like have a brain fart like all of a sudden a guy gets a cut to the basket and it's a dunk and especially with niang niang has been pissing me off these past few games because it's like he's been just awful defensively and when he's not hitting shots, he's not a plus offensively. So what are you, Niang? Like you need to show. He needs to show up because no one is. First of all, no one's criticizing him. Second of all, he's not playing well. Like I was just gonna say that. Like everybody gives criticism to the whole bench. Yeah. But if you really start looking at some of the stuff, it's it's moody. He's borderline like not like don't put him out on the floor. Like yeah. Like the what two- was the shot that happened? I think I talked about this last week, and I know it was only one shot, but he takes a lot of. Sometimes he really makes me mad, but there was one in particular where he could have passed the ball out, and instead of doing that, he took yeah. a big pivot step in and then took a big pivot step out. And he was like doing the hokey pokey. Mm-hmm. And then he hits this turnaround fade jump shot <laughs> that like doesn't even Ugh. hit anything. And I saw that and was just like, Niang, like, what, what on earth? The two things that have stuck out to me with the bench is um, Niang's been really bad. And Moutier has been extreme, like, both Turnover parts of, prone. Ton- turnover prone. You inefficient. Know, inefficient. Bad. Like, I do think uh, Moutier has talent, and I, I've, there's been some good games with him. He still makes mistakes, that kind of thing. He just, he just needs to play with more focus, you know, not turn the ball over, stuff like that. But Niang, it's like, I don't know what you can do. Like, I don't know how you get better from this unless you start hitting shots. Well, hitting shots, but then also not – he's got to show up on defense. You know, it, how does he? He's not athletic, and it's not like he's, I, he's not I, smart. I, I like mean, Joe. I guess don't take risks. <laughs> be conservative, yeah. Yeah, be conservative. Don't take yeah. risks. And, and uh, you know, As I, a, I don't think there's ever a reason in the NBA, no matter how slow you are, you should not get back cut. That's yeah, because you're, it's, that's you're just falling. Focus. Yeah, it, yeah, it's pure focus, and and I feel like, you know, that's kind of. I mean, there's the other thing that everyone's throwing out right now is all these stats about how the the starters are plus eighty seven and the benches <laughs> minus eighty. Like it, they almost negate each other and come out a wash, um, something like that. But I th- I feel like once again, if if you're Quinn, when you go to practice, that is what you're doing. Uh, as a slow guy. And I've defended quicker guys in my lifetime. But the key that it was always said to me was, like, just don't reach. Don't, like, play too high where you're going to get beat because you're going to get beat because you're slow. 
just be cons- like he just needs to be conservative and stand try and stay in front of his man. Yeah. As long as he try- it doesn't even look like he's trying. Like I don't know what to say cuz like I've seen a lot of criticism about Moutier which is warranted but uh, maybe going a little too far saying Exum should replace him but I mean, Niang has been awful. Like, he really has. I don't know what he's shooting. You know, I don't know what his percentages are from three. I don't know if it's very good. Like, I don't think it is. Well, it's not, and it may be good. I mean, he has hit a couple threes in that Memphis game. He had a couple. But the point of it all is, is it like, he's not doing anything. And I think that's the point, is if you're not doing anything, then what's the point of being on the floor? Mm -hmm. Um. Anyways, my those are my two points mm-hmm. if I'm Quinn Snyder. Start moving the defense with the ball, meaningful passing, and get it done on defense. And if you lose the game, you lose the game, but they're not going to score more than 96 yeah. points. Yeah. I'm going to toss it over to Ben. Mm. You're going to put on the Quinn Snyder cap. The oh, crazy the crazy hair slick back cap. The crazy one. If you can't if you're listening, I'm messing up my hair. Getting the crazy yeah, eye going. Get the crazy that like you know I haven't slept in three days. So is this like hey if I'm you're, what you're am I saying? To the team. You're running <laughs> practice. You're going to show up to practice today, and you're pissed off because we're not playing well. Okay. What is what is your message? Not a, maybe not you're pissed off. I don't know if Quinn gets really pissed at his players. Sometimes I wish he would. But what is your message to the team? What are you going to say? This is what we need to clean up. This is what we got to change. Number one, just because that you turn the ball over doesn't mean you shouldn't pass. That's something I've noticed is, like, we've been moving the ball, but, like, it, we're um, right now, currently, we are last in assist-to-turnover ratio. So when we pass, it's not really producing. And when we pass, like, a lot of times it's turnovers. It results in turnovers. So I my, my first emphasis would be just move the ball and be okay making mistakes. Like, it kind of feels like we're afraid to make mistakes. Mistakes within them that you're trying to do the right thing yeah there's good mistakes and bad mistakes well yeah absolutely like i'm, I'm the turnovers that i can't stand are when donovan or Boyan drive the ball or being like careless they jump to shoot the ball and realize it's going to get blocked and mm-hmm. so they just throw this like feet are already off the ground throw the ball yeah and hope it connects to something like that mm-hmm. is like little league kind of yeah. crap it's and awful. that happens a couple times a game yeah conley's done that too where he goes to shoot a floater Realize he doesn't have a shot, has to contort his body midair, mm-hmm. and then kick it out. That's yeah. like, guys, yeah, please stop. I my number two point would just be like all in on defense because that's been our like. I think eventually the offense is going to come. We are not this bad offensively. Like we just aren't, you know. And the ball movement, you know, when people get more comfortable and confident, maybe uh, we'll start playing better on offensively. But defensively, it's like, hey. We need complete focus. I don't think we have as many um, defensive-minded guys. I think we have ca- more capable, like we have capable defenders, but there aren't necessarily guys who pride themselves on defense. You know what I mean? The way like Jay Jay was like this, where he um, he prided himself. To f- he was you know proud a proud defender. I'll be damned if that guy's gonna score on me. Yeah, exactly. And I, and that was like the attitude. Yeah, and and. I'm not saying Jay was like a perfect defender, but he had that mentality. And I don't think we necessarily have that mentality with some of the guys. No, and, and I would agree with that. And I actually kind of, now that I think about it, that's actually one of the things that I was kind of looking forward to this season is you hear Donovan throughout his entire career, even as a rookie, I want to be known as a defender. Mm-hmm. I want to. I know that I have to defend. Yeah, I know that I can erase my mistakes by playing, making it up on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, repent for my sins, if you will, that I make by creating turnovers, by staying in front of my guy, not letting him shoot, helping out. Yeah, I don't know if that's really. I don't know if that's been lost, but I had a lot of hope with his Team USA experience over the summer and Popovich oh, yeah. and learning. I still do. You I still have think, faith. In I think that? it was. I think it was beneficial. Absolutely. I just, I guess, I, I don't think that's on the forefront of. I wish that would be the forefront of the media. You know what I mean? No. Why? I, I. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wish would take a change within mm. Donovan. I wish yeah. that we would see. You want to talk about leadership? You want to talk about this team, kind of having a leader and a clear leader? Go get it done on defense. Yeah. And Donovan tries really hard. I, I, I'm not dissing him on that. 
but I mean, he's he's had a load. I think he's been a little bit better, but uh, well, I think so too. And there's like a definite distinction between year over year and his defensive capabilities. But if that's truly what the Jazz need to fix, is a lot of defensive things. Be a guard that shows up and defends. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and make it noticeable. Yeah, talk about it in the locker room. Talk about it in the media. Talk well, about it everywhere you go. Have that be the front story of the newspaper mm-hmm. or the whatever. I am yeah. Donovan Mitchell. I scored 25 points, but I also held my guy to nothing. Yeah, that kind of thing. I was uh, I was looking at some quotes today, and it was like Donovan was like, "Hey, we can't just." blame this on a road trip anymore like this is up to us like we have to clean it up and he wasn't blaming anyone else he was he was saying the right thing you know what i mean but it makes me concerned that it's like that they have to find this within themselves to play better they have to find themselves to have effort like that's my concern you know because it's kind of like like we do need to play better but if it's something schematic or um you know just x's and o's and it's but the, if the problem's effort like that really does make me concerned and maybe maybe guys just aren't you know comfortable but we we just need effort and i haven't seen that yeah and i and i agree like we've kind of hit on that last week in the last couple of weeks if you're gonna lose you better lose going out in flames kind of yeah. going down in flames but and i'm kind of backing off that you know and i mm-hmm. think you know, it, it's really easy to sit here on a podcast. It's easy to be around your friends and say all that, you know, those, those kind of things. And I think that's true in a valid point. But I also think there's something to be said in knowing or like some peace in knowing that the people who care most about this are the Utah Jazz players. Oh, absolutely. Like they they I, I can guarantee you Donovan has had sleepless nights. Oh, sure. Because of this stuff. Yeah. And same thing goes with Mike Conley. I mean, I he kind of referenced that when we got blown out in Toronto about how hard it was for him to see Marcus Saul. And he was a good enough guy to say how happy he was. Like he's Mike Conley. Of course he's gonna be happy. And I genuinely I think he was. But how could you not feel envious to oh, see someone that you absolutely. played that well, and even better, like, I think Mike Conley probably did want to retire with the Grizzlies, but if you were to give him the option at a championship with another team in the later part of his career, between that and, and like, staying with the Grizzlies, I think he's going to say, okay, I'll go retire with them when I'm done. I want a shot at the championship. And that's not going to happen here in Memphis. I've I've paid my dues. You know, and and that's what I'm saying. Like I I do I really do feel like we've got the right guys in the in the locker room. Oh, absolutely. It's just a matter of leadership and figuring out that role mm-hmm. and defense and moving the ball to generate open shots. Yeah. Not no more ISO ball. Yeah. It really. Ugh. My Quinn Snyder cap is now officially off. I don't know. I like. It's hard because. Quinn, like, this is 100%. Like, Quinn needs to figure this out just as much as the players do, too. You know, Quinn is the motivator and, like, inspiration guy. Like, the coach is responsible for some of this. And I'm also interested, like, a lot of people hate the the Moutier signing and some Jeff Green. And I was interested, like, what else were we going to do? You know, like, the bench bench was going to end up sucking anyways. You know, because that's what kind of what we sacrificed getting Boyan was. You know, our depth, if we're being honest. So, well, it, well, not only that, and then that, that's kind of the other hot take in the media is what's wrong with the Jazz bench. I, if I am panicked about anything, I guess I am a little bit worried about the bench and its yeah. ability to sustain us in a playoff series, assuming we get there. Well, I think like, but you look at it and you're like. How did we think that maybe it would work? But, like, how did we think that it was going to be this spectacular? We've got two guys that are vet minimum guys. Oh, yeah. And Jeff Green and Ed Davis. We had a mid-level exception guy who agreed to come here on the most team-friendly deal in Emmanuel Moutier. We have two Aussies, one of which has been iffy at best. And the other one is not playable. 
Yeah. That we're both spending about $11 million a year on. Yeah. We have gorgeous Georges, who's making like a million dollars a year. Yeah. Tony Bradley, who's best known as his combine record-setting second jump. (laughs) And... Do you get where I'm going with yes. this? Like, yes. it's kind of like, well, what did you think was going to... Like, is yeah. there a sixth man of the year anywhere in that? I, I don't know, think if so. If it was old Joe, maybe, but, like, it's not. I'm kind of liking Joe in the starting lineup, which puts Royce on the bench. Yeah, That's kind of right. been a change as of late that we've seen the last couple games, but... I, I just... It's kind of hard because it's like... But we, that even makes the bench arguably worse if you put Royce on the bench. I think so. I think we need initiators. You got to stagger Rudy and and Joe in yeah. in the second unit somehow, and you got to kind of camouflage some of the weaknesses with starters. Yeah. But what did you really I expect? Mean, yeah. What 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 were we expecting? Well, I really i I've liked Ed Davis, and I think Joe needs to be a little bit. He's more like a minus twenty six on the year. Ed Davis is. Yeah. Well, I think he's been good. Playing with terrible, he, we win when we play him. Is the thing. Well, like I we typically win. I just think you know, defensively, he's not like a shot blocker, but he defends the rim well and he gets those boards and stuff like that. I think he's been good. Um, yeah, he's been he's been serviceable, and you know, everybody thought that he would be a replacement, Derek Favors, or eighty percent Derek Favors. And I, I think he's, offensively, he's nowhere close. Yeah, he's we're, nowhere close. We're also not like feeding him in the paint, that kind of thing. Oh, no, but just seeing his ability to finish around the rim, I oh, kind of miss yeah. faves. <laughs> Bring uh, him back. Uh, we'll see. What else was I uh, – and then uh, Joe just needs to play better. But my point is it all, it always comes back to Exum. Exum, you can't play him, and we're paying him $9 million, And on a team that's already not deep to begin with, having to rely on him, that's what I was nervous about. Like, hey, we're going to have to finally, like, depend on Exum. And but we can't, you know. We've had Neto been like these past few years, where it's like, hey, you can. You look at Neto, reliable. man. That dude's still reliable in Philly. Yeah, he's, he's reliable. Injury prone. You know, I don't know if he has been with Philly yet. But he's, he's missed had a the, couple games. He's had the injury bug while he was here in Utah. But man, when he'd get in and play, he, you could he play. Can give you, he can give you twelve minutes. Yeah, yeah, and that's all you need from a kind of a third yeah. point guard or second point guard sometimes. But I saw someone say. Like this is the replacing Moutier with Neto is one of Zanuck's biggest mistakes or Lindsay's biggest mistakes. Well, if that's one of his, we're not going to be talking about that coming year from now. Like, oh, we're not going to be talking about it in April. Like, come on. Yeah, like, I mean, I, that hot take city. Yeah, hot take city. Mm-hmm. So let's play a little fun game here. All right. Called Magic Genie and a Crystal Ball. All right. When. If we were to put these Utah Jazz on a timeline, looking at the schedule, we kind of still have a little bit of a rough December. Mm-hmm. And then we, as always, lighten up January, yeah. February, kind of lighten it up. When do you think, if we are trying to undergo a change that is fairly dramatic mm-hmm. um, in terms of figuring out leadership, assists, you know, ball movement, defense, trying to get us back on track. Yeah. When do you think you could tell Jazz fans this is going to happen by? Foresee into the future, Ben. Foresee. Okay. Channel your inner zen and tell us when you think the Utah Jazz, you, you suspect, I think they're going to go on a little bit of a win streak during this stretch. And I think we're going to start seeing better basketball. Okay, you ready? Yes. I think it's going to be January 12th. We're going to wait that long? That's like a month, man. Wait, wait. Our show will probably not even be on Sorry. the air in a month. <laughs> it, we it might won't. run out of funding. <laughs> December 30th versus the Pistons after we play the Clippers. I'm looking up their exact schedule right now. So we play the Clippers. We probably lose. I'm just going to – here's what I'm saying. We go and take on a maybe Blake Griffinless Detroit Pistons but they do have D Rose, who played well last night. Oh boy, D Rose! <laughs> Ooh, both of his fake knees. December thirtieth. Okay, right before twenty twenty, we're gonna start. We're gonna start the new year, new us, new Jazz. My point is this: the Jazz. We're gonna we're gonna wash all this crap away. We're not even gonna remember December, November, October, whatever. So you are gonna give them. Let's see here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You're going to give them nine games. On the ninth game, 
they're going to wake up and suddenly things are going to finally click. I think so because we're going to we our schedule gets very light at that point, very light indeed. It gets light. I actually misspoke. It actually gets fairly light in the middle of December coming up here. Tomorrow night, we play the Timberwolves. And we face the Warriors, the Magic, the Hawks, the Hornets, the Heat. That's three H's in a row. Better. Better Hopefully, it's not three L's in a row. Um, And then we play the Blazers, the Clippers, the Pistons. So we kind of get that tough stretch around Christmas. I think it's not. this isn't going to happen overnight, which is why I'm predicting by the end of the month. Well, and I, I also think it depends on Conley coming back. Yeah. Hamstrings are kind of a tricky thing. Never know. Never know. Uh, I, I'm encouraged that it's tightness and not a pull. Yeah. But that could take a month. It could take – it could be back this week. Um, I I don't want to one-up you. All right. I predict, for all you Jazz faithful out there, to restore the hope, I predict that something happens between December 17th and 19th. Okay, Santa comes a little early. He gives Donovan Mitchell a brain. I mean, not Donovan Mitchell. Emmanuel Moutier a brain. <laughs> he gives Jeff Green a heart. Jeff Green a heart. <laughs> Forget who what's else the, is. What's the third one? Isn't there a third one in that? Uh, Wizard, Wizard of Oz. I don't know. We we're off track here. I, I'm yeah. not gonna. I'm not about to bring Wizard of Oz into this show. And then doesn't one of the guys like want a sandwich? Quinn Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Quinn Snyder though is going to click his red shoes together and we are going to mop the floor in Atlanta with the Hawks. Atlanta stinks. Well, they, they really stink, do. but they're also got Trey Young and they're dangerous. I yeah. predict that that is the game that we pivot. All and right. We say, look, Atlanta, it's been fun. That gives us one, two, three on the fourth game. So Ben's saying the ninth. I'm saying the more fourth with or without Conley. The Atlanta Hawks game, and I'm not saying that we won't pick up a few in between then, because I hope we will playing the Wolves, mm-hmm. the Warriors, the Magic. That's pretty simple. But when we play the Hawks, that's going to be the changer. All right, and we are going to see some magic. All right, you heard it here first. You heard it here. This is all that jazz. You'll hold us. You'll hold us to it. Are we wrapping up? Yeah. But you got anything else? Any other positive words that you have positive to say? Words. Anything else you want to read? Took some notes. Hmm. I wrote in all caps. This is not a Quinn Snyder team, so nothing really positive. Okay, we got yeah. nothing positive to say. I think we'll leave the positive note on uh, predicting when they're going to turn it around. Yeah. And wrap the show up. This yeah. has been the All That Jazz show, available on many different things. Yeah, YouTube being one of them, mm-hmm. and every you podcast watch you can you can follow, watch. Oh, let's do talk. We have, do have some other news we should have mentioned. We do have the all that jazz um, Gmail account. Oh yes, Ben, do you want to make that announcement? Um, yeah, if you want to email us, contact us. You know, ask us questions, and we can you know read them on the show, stuff like that. We have a Gmail. Um, it's called uh, Best Utah Jazz Podcast at Gmail Best Utah Jazz Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, I think we're eventually going to get that to our YouTube feed, right? We'll start posting to that, so yeah. we'll, we'll have to transition people. Yeah. Anyways, but, uh, it's been fun. Yes. Has it? We'll be doing the podcast. The podcast been has been fun. Hopefully, the Utah Jazz fans, fun. keep your heads up. Basketball hasn't been fun, but uh, yeah, go Jazz. Go Jazz. This has been the All That Jazz Podcast. We love you. Thank you, Croatia. Thank you, UK. We'll catch you next time.